everybody, and welcome to our podcast, Single in Sunday School. I am Cody Page, and this is Ashley. We have decided to do this podcast um, after talking about it for a long time, and we're really excited to finally have our first episode together. Right, Ashley? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. Stoked to be here. Yes, I. me too. So we kind of wanted to start with why we decided to create this podcast. We have had so many conversations over the last um, year and a half, two years since I was separated and divorced about what it's like to be single and in Sunday school, for lack of a better way of saying it, what it's like to be on the covenant path and single after marriage. And it's it's hard. And I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about it. And so we've had all these different conversations about dating and, and cultural differences in the church that are different. You know, you're in Utah, I'm in Idaho and things are different in both places. So I'm sure that's true around the world. And so as we've talked about that, we were like, we should start a podcast. And so here we are, man, because there's people who need to know that, you're not alone. It's a, it's a lot and you're not alone. Yeah. It, I think that's the main thing for me too, is you kind you feel alone when you go through that divorce. It's a, it's like the loneliness is crazy and you feel like you understand other people have gone through divorces, but I think there's a level, at least for me of just like everybody's so different and every situation's so different. And so for me personally, I, Ashley and I have talked about this briefly, but we talked about how, why we're on the covenant path now. For me, when I got divorced, I like needed church. It was how I survived. Um, my son and I were in Pennsylvania and when we, when we got divorced, we did our, our whole family got divorced. Um, we moved across the country to Utah and I ended up living with my ex-in-laws during COVID and, you know, if you can survive COVID with your ex-in-laws, you can survive anything. <laughs> they were really wonderful. But for me, it was like, I I really wanted there to be this, this communication, this conversation about what it's like to be divorced. And like you said, being on, on the covenant path, striving for that. And it's something that I think the leadership of the church tries to reach out and tries to communicate with us, but a lot of them just, I mean, most people just don't know what it's like. How could you? I didn't know what it was like before I was divorced. To be honest, I was probably a little bit judgmental. I was like, well, you picked the wrong person. You should have picked better or you should have tried harder or why'd you give up or, you know, and it, it it's not that simple and it's, you know, every marriage is between you and God and the other person. So, but I mean, even so like people that have never been married before and I can't relate to them, you know, I don't know what that must be like to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ and never have been married. And then you get to your thirties and that must be polarizing. And so my thought for this podcast was even if Ashley and I can't relate to it, we'll have other people on that and their experiences. So there will be So hopefully people that listen, they can find other people's stories and relate to them and they'll be able to have that connection and hope in a really tough time to, to be single and LDS, I guess. At the same time, it's also not the worst though. I feel like the, the culture is getting more accepting and less taboo about divorce, you know? 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a whole different ball game than it would have been 30 years ago. Right. Like, um, and that part of that is that divorce in general is just less stigmatized, but, um, but yeah, especially in the church, you know, for me, when I, um, when I got divorced, it was a different story. I think Cody Page and I have learned through our friendship that our brains definitely work differently. And, and for me, um, when, when it was, my ex and I were separated for a while. And then when it was finally time to get divorced, um, I got to make that call, which was really empowering and great. And it was something that Heavenly Father helped me through. Um, but uh, almost immediately after I had made that call, I was terrified and petrified to go to church. Um, I We had lived in our family ward for quite some time, but COVID had hit kind of in the middle of the separation. And um, going back to that ward after COVID without my husband was so hard and triggering. And it took me a year and a half to do it. I was inactive for a year and a half. And in the beginning, I was inactive and like, I'm just not going to church. Everything else I'm doing, it's fine. But it was really easy for me to like stop doing the other things as well. Um, and pretty soon my my thoughts on the church got kind of muddled and I wasn't quite sure what was right and what was wrong anymore. You know, I think we see that in the scriptures often. <laughs> um, you know, when you fall from the covenant path, you start questioning a lot of things. And so it took me about another year on top of that time to um, sort through what I believed and to figure out if the church was right for me again. And I remember I had this feeling of you just need to go, just give it one Sunday. And um, I had a friend visiting in town because I didn't want to go alone. And so he and I went to church together. And um, it was like within a minute of being there that, that I felt peace and, oh yeah, this is right. This is where I belong. And, and this is what I, I need to be doing. And it wasn't just because it was familiar and it wasn't just because it was because of the spirit. I could feel it there. Unlike anywhere else I had tried over the year during that time of questioning. And so for me then it was, okay, so how do I get back on the covenant path? How do I go to church? The same word that I was in with my husband, all of our like married friends are now my friends who are married and I'm not, how do I go back to that same building and sit in those same pews and, and not feel triggered? And then how do I stay on that covenant path? Because I'm single and want to date people and I mean, frankly, horny, right? And the covenant path doesn't really allow a lot of wiggle room for that. And so it was just one of those like, okay, how do I do this? And the answer for me was get real close to Heavenly Father. Start praying all day, every day. Keep a prayer in your heart. Start your day with a prayer. End your day with your prayer. And in between, keep a prayer in your heart. Be in communication with your Heavenly Father. And so for me, that that is how any of it's attainable. That and through the grace and atonement of Jesus Christ. When you were past, when you like were worried about going back to church, mm-hmm. did you feel like you would be judged? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you were? Mm-hmm. Kinda. 
I my my ward is incredible, but it is mostly filled with people over sixty five. And that's yeah. a rough demographic to try and explain divorce to. And I feel like they welcomed me and loved me. But there was it was less about the judgment and more about the oh, that face oh. I didn't want. I oh. Like, I'm a little too prideful to receive that face from someone that... Oh, yeah, I don't like that face either. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it was like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the pity. Yeah, The pity. And especially by the time I decided to go back to church, like, the, the divorce had finalized. Everything was clear. You know what I mean? Like, I felt in a decent place emotionally. And so by the time they were able to give me that, I was like, oh, I don't want that. Hard pass. Oh, yeah. You Hard. were over that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was tricky. But I have a really good therapist. And he was like, how dare they care about you? That was his response. <laughs> I love him. And I was like, dang it, Victor. <laughs> like, you got me, man. And um, so we just worked I worked through that and realized they're caring for me. And, right. and I think that's true about any of the judgment you feel. It's more often coming from a place of care, just like not well executed. Right. Yeah. Like, and every person's different in divorce. And so some people might be upset by something someone said. And then some people might be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that, you know? Right. And I was really fortunate in the sense that, um, my ex left the church pretty quickly and wasn't in our ward. And because I've heard friends who have been divorced whose exes stay in the ward and active, and that can really polarize a ward. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, And so I was really fortunate. Like, everyone was Team Ashley because that was the only team to be. You know what I mean? And not that I ever asked for sides, but, like, everyone was just really supportive of me and my child. And... And we've been really fortunate that way. Do you feel like if you had gone, would you go back and do anything differently? Or are you glad that you went on the journey you did? Ooh. <laughs> well, because like, I don't believe in regret. Yeah. But And so I love the what the growth and the the learning that that we get from our decisions. And so that's the beauty of the atonement for me. Sorry, I'm not I don't want to answer this for you. <laughs> Like, let me answer it for you, Ashley. No, um, but I love, like, for me, I just think the atonement is, is not just forward. It's backward. It's eternal. It's, it's all the things. So like, it's okay that you went through that period because it's like, that's what Jesus Christ is for is to help us heal those wounds. And, you know, if you needed to take time away from the church to re to see the contrast of the peace, like, I think it's worth it, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I don't regret it. I actually was journaling about this the other day. I don't, like, I've made some dicey decisions since my divorce, but I actually don't regret any of them because they have led me to who I am and they've led me on a journey to finding what I believe again, right? Because to be very frank, it was easy for me to believe the church and its teachings in my 20s because it was like, well, I've done this my whole life and I found a husband at a relatively young age and we got married and, and this is easy and it's easy to live the covenants when 
you're married and young. Do you know what I mean? And so, or it was easy for me. My temptations were easier dealt with in marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that I, I viewed that like when my ex-husband and I made it to Temple, it was like I I pictured myself as like a cartoon character where I'd like been like, oh, we made it. We're at the temple. We're good. We're, we're, we did it. We crossed the finish line. You know, we, we're at the temple. Now everything's just smooth sailing. We live happily ever after and we just endure. All we have to do is endure. But enduring is really hard. <laughs> and not always meant to be done as a team sport. So, um, yeah, that, anyways, that's a whole other realm. But it's the reason that they trade in sports, right? You switch around for the chemistry and you find the right you know, situation. So, I mean, not that it's like something to be viewed in marriage of just like, Oh, we'll just flip around until it works. But like there, there is, there is something to be said about team chemistry if you want to talk about that. (laughs) So I don't know when I got divorced though, I, I, it was weird. It was weird how supported I was. So I, I'm grateful that you have your perspective because I think maybe yours is more relatable. (laughs) Mine was shockingly supportive. Like, um, my ex-husband rarely came to church. And so it wasn't a big deal for me to go alone. I mean, it was hard. I mean, it was hard to have, to have a husband and not show up without your husband was way worse, way worse than showing up with being divorced and showing up without a husband to me. So, it was actually a relief to get divorced because it was like, yeah, like, I don't know, because I would get the pity eyes when, when my son and I would show up at church without my ex-husband and, um, people would see his behavioral issues and they would, you know, and they would try and help. And, but it was, it was hard. I would always hold back tears, you know, seeing my son, you know, struggle to behave in, in the chapel, um, and people looking, especially fathers looking, I, I will never forget the, the husbands that would look at me and be like, you shouldn't be doing this alone kind of thing. And uh, holding back tears and, and being like, yeah, but I am, you know, so this is where I am. But when we, when we got divorced, my friend was like, you know, when you go into the Bishop's office and you talk to him about it, be aware that, you know, some bishops are, you know, I've heard bishops say, you know, you'll never be happy again if you get a divorce. Like, like you, you know, just say things that are not really their place to say, you know, they're not a counselor. Culturally inappropriate. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about bishops for a minute, I think their role is very confusing um, because they're not a therapist. And a lot of people take, and I was glad when I worked at the MTC for a while, president, I always call him president Bednar because he was president of BYU-Idaho. Elder Bednar came and he's just straight up said, your bishop does not receive revelation for you. Like he, it's your personal revelation. You need to receive personal revelation. Like he can receive revelation in order to help you, but he doesn't receive revelation to tell you what to do. You know, like there's like that confusing barrier and so we're taught to go to our bishops, like go to your bishop and he'll help you. And a lot of times their bias, their own personal, they're a person, you know, and their own bias gets involved. And I remember one girl telling me she wanted to go on a mission, but she was dating a guy and the bishop said, I won't sign your mission papers because you're dating a guy, you know. And so I, you know, we can talk about this another day. 
bishops are flawed just like anybody else and i think if we understand their role and what we're asking for them when we go in i think that would behoove both of us but anyway so when i went into my bishop he he was a really sweet guy and he, i was my my friends just like you know just tread lightly on whatever he says basically like take it with a grain of salt and so i went in and it was just so interesting cuz he was like i know why you're here I looked it up on what I can say and what I can't say. I can't tell you to get a divorce, but we will support you in any way possible. And I was in shock. I mean, I I, I already thought he was a great guy. I It wasn't that. I was shocked by that. I was shocked by just how I, I, it was what I needed because I, I was very alone in my divorce. I, I don't live near family. I don't, I, I'm such a nomad. I've lived in 10 states, you know, my family lives in North Carolina and I was in Pennsylvania away from all these friends and family. And so it was really cool to have the ward support. And so when I did get, um, support from him, um, the ward just like, <laughs> just supported me so much. Like t I remember tons of hugs and just like, I'm so proud of you. You know, like a lot of people just saying, you know, you did the right thing. Like we've been like, I felt like the ward was like, you know, they saw that it wasn't a good fit. And they saw that I, like, both of us needed to separate. And I remember my last Sunday before I moved to Utah, um, my ex-husband had suggested that I go move in with his ex, with his parents, actually. And it was cool because, like, my him and my parents, his parents and I were not super close. Like, I would be like, hey, it's Mother's Day. You need to call your mom. And then he would call his mom. You know, like, I, I didn't talk to her. And so for me to call her was just... I don't know. So I was praying about it. Sorry, I'm like going out of order here in the story, but I was praying about it. And the Lord was like, pull over the car. He was like, you need to go live with your ex-in-laws. And I was like, excuse me. And then when I called her, she picked up the phone and she was like, you're going to move here, aren't you? And I was like, what? Like, that was the first thing she said to me. She goes, we have already prayed about it. We've prepared a room for you. Like, we've got a room for Peter, your son. And like, I, I was just overwhelmed. And then my, my sister-in-law, um, her daughter, like Marco Poloed me and she's like showing me the room that they prepared for me and showing me, you know, they were getting rid of the old carpet and putting in new carpet and buying me a new mattress. And it was, it was crazy. Like the support was just insane because you think when you get divorced, like your whole world falls apart and everyone judges you. And for me, I got just the completely different experience to where honestly very very few people ever said anything judgmental to me and if I told you who it was I, I wouldn't want it to be out there like the people that were judgmental like you know so it's like very 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 few people were actually judgmental and so I think for me I needed that support because I was around nobody or anybody I wasn't around anyone and and then you know even living with my ex-in-laws who I didn't know that well that was really hard but it was like such a soft place to land. So it, it was interesting, though, because I went to church where my ex-husband grew up. So where he went to school. And when I showed up in the ward, no one knew we were divorced. So they were like, how is he? How's his medical school going? And I was like, I, I don't I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I wish him the best of luck. But we don't talk, you know, so that way I had to go bear my testimony and say I was divorced, you know, like say we were separated so people would know. And then it was it was uncomfortable to be in that ward. I think people had a hard time. They're like, what do we say to her? You know, so I get that discomfort of being in church and being like, yeah, 
that was hard. Do you think, so you've been divorced for three years now, is that right? Four? Since 2019. So, four years, because what month of the year was it? So we signed in August, um, but then it takes a few months to finalize. So it fi- like Pennsylvania has like a period where they're like, if you change your mind. You I think every one. state has that. In Idaho, yeah. in Idaho, it's three weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which was lovely. lovely. But yeah. I think yeah. in California, it's six months minimum. Um, it's been four years. And now that you are, I mean, fully single and on the covenant path, living the life totally living the life (laughs) what would would you change any of that no and I like you I've made a ton of mistakes I mean but it's really I've seen the struggles I've had and it makes me I have more empathy for people I have so much more empathy. Everything that I've struggled with after divorce I never struggled with before like financial stability yeah, in college, like you're, you're, you know, I was poor in college, but it's different when you have a kid. Um, I've never, been, I was never in debt before. Like I had my own business in Pennsylvania. You know, I did photography. Like I just didn't struggle in the way that I have since. And then, you know, being in your sexual prime in your mid thirties and up, like that's been a struggle. Like you said, like you mentioned before, but I, like, like you said. I felt to come closer to God. Like, I remember I went to my sweet little farm boy bishop and I'm like, hey, how do I live the law of chastity in adulthood? And he's like, best of luck. Like, go pray about it. Like, he didn't want to talk about it. And at the time I was frustrated because I was like, I was told to go to my bishop. You're supposed to hold my hand, you know? And then I was grateful he didn't because when I went to God, he had a completely different answer he he was not shameful. It was not, well, you know, read the str- for strength of youth pamphlet because you're 16. Instead, it's like, well, it's like, Cody Page, you're 30 and you're not a virgin. What do you think? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just like, how is it? You know, and, and so it was different. My And then I got peace from it. And so after every date, I would come to God and I'd be like, hey, this is what happened. He'd be like, OK, how did you feel about it? Did you feel good about this did you feel and I would be like you know I I liked this I feel good about it he was like awesome or I'd be like hey I didn't really feel good about that I feel like that's more of something I would rather you know say for marriage or whatever like I I I worked hand in hand with God on on everything and I I talked to whoever I date about it and it's just completely different than if I had just gone to my bishop and he'd been like okay all you can do is hold hands and pop kiss you know and that's the line. And so many people have asked me, well, what's the line? And I'm like, go to God. Like, you are a different person. Every person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my friends is like, I don't let guys ever touch my butt. And I'm like, if a guy doesn't slap my butt and I'm dating him, walking up the stairs in front of him, I'm going to be like, do you not like my butt? I am your girlfriend. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's just different oh, yeah. for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. I think- With enthusiastic um, consent. <laughs> I know we're kind of running out of time and I just wanted to highlight that I think between our two stories here, what we're trying to trying to start today with this podcast is a safe place for people who are single in Sunday school who want to shirk the shame and the guilt that comes with being single in LDS because it's there. And we're all just trying and utilizing the 
the atonement in our lives and growing closer to our Heavenly Father. And if y'all want to do that with us, we welcome you to come along because it's really freaking hard, but it's really freaking doable. And I think think we've seen that both in our lives and in the lives of our friends who, because when you're first single, you don't have single friends. All your friends are married and slowly you make friends through different outlets. And it's like, I see, I know people in my life who are striving to live their covenants and, um, I think the only way, and correct me if you disagree, but I think the only way is working hand in hand with God. Because when you lose a spouse, you haven't lost the third person in that marriage, which is your Heavenly Father. You still have that partner. Yeah. You're sealed to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to read this quote. So one of my favorite talks of all time is by... um, Brother Wilcox, worthiness is not flawlessness. The whole talk is just incredible. I think it's great for single adults, but it's, so I want to read this quote and you know how people say like, go read this talk. It's really good. I'm like, I'm dead serious. Go read this talk. (laughs) If you, yeah, anyway. So he said, some mistakenly receive the message that they are not worthy to participate fully in the gospel because they are not completely free of bad habits. God's message is that worthiness is not flawlessness. Worthiness is being honest and trying. We must be honest with God, priesthood leaders, and others who love us, and we must strive to keep God's commandments and never give up just because we slip up. Elder Bruce C. Hafen said that that developing a Christ-like character requires patience and persistence more than it requires flawlessness. The Lord has said the gifts of the Spirit are given to the for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments and him that seeketh to do so. I want to keep going, but there you go. Like, it's not about perfection. No one has to be perfect. Jesus is perfect. There you go. You turn to Jesus and you're perfect. You're perfected in Christ. If you want to be perfect, then you are. You take the sacrament. Bam. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's what it is. um, As someone who is a bit of a perfectionist, finding a way to allow myself to not have to be perfect is really freaking hard but that is something that um divorce has helped me with is that i'm not perfect but jesus christ is and if i partner with him he can lift me up yeah and that's the cool thing about divorce is you realize oh i really can't do this alone i really need the savior you go to a singles ward everybody's there because they love the they love the savior and they're not trying to they're not there for their mama they're there because they want to be there it humbles you up real quick <laughs> anyways well, Uh, This is what the podcast is going to be, is us talking to people about different elements of being single in Sunday school. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here, Cody Page. I'm so stoked that we're doing this finally, and I'm excited to have all of you guys come along with us. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you would want to be on the podcast or you know someone that wants to. Or you have, like, a topic that you're just dying to hear explored by someone who would be an expert in it right we're not an expert but we know people (laughs) and we are resourceful girls (laughs) for yourself no (laughs) i'm in uh, yeah anyways well single in sunday school at gmail.com but yeah go ahead and comment on this podcast if you have any comments or questions for us and we'll see you every friday all right see ya